what is everyone that's successful doing right? They've got some method of communication where they're communicating with the referral source or the client, they're keeping them updated, whether that's daily, weekly, you know, when certain events happen, all that stuff is baked into CRM these days. You pull it all apart and it's just, can you communicate properly, keep people in the loop with what's happening and treat them well? And if if you are prepared to take your mortgage business to the next level, there is only one place to go. I love mortgage brokering with your host, Scott Peckberg. Hey, welcome to I Love Mortgage Brokering Live. Today on the show, I have Scott Westlake. Scott has been on the show with me in the past, and he's changed a lot of stuff that's going on with his business. He shared lots of great tips. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, go back and listen to it. There was tons of good stuff in there. And so today I'm going to have Scott on because we, he, we were chatting, and he's doing some interesting stuff in terms of how he structured his business, and it looks different than probably some of the other ones you've seen. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Also, I want to give a huge shout-out to our sponsor, Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. So if you're uh, a broker looking Looking to do a B deal in BCR Alberta, please call Style Stewart at Pioneer West. Those guys have supported the Island Mortgage Broken community for a long time now, and they're awesome guys. They know what they're doing, and we'd really appreciate that. Scott, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Let's go back to what's been happening because before you had the last time we talked, you guys were building a huge brokerage and now you're kind of doing something different. So what's tell me, give me a, a brief story on what you were doing and what you're doing now. Yeah, I mean, basically in 2014, I mean, I forget when we spoke, it was probably about a year and a half ago now, maybe mm-hmm. a year ago. But but yeah, in 2014, left the banking world, entered uh, the broker channel, went with a few amazing partners from the bank. And we had this goal at the time, right? No one was doing a billion dollars or I don't think we saw many teams doing a billion dollars in the broker channel. So obviously being pretty uh, aggressive coming to the bank. That was our original goal to do a billion dollars. And we, we strive to do that with the team model, right? We had hired a lot of agents. We opened up different offices in different provinces. We really grew quickly, probably funded, you know, $700 million in the last three years or so. We wanted to do a billion in a year. We got, we got close to that over the last two and a half, three years, but that didn't really uh, fulfill what I was looking for. So I changed things up this last year at the end of 2017. I parted ways with my last brokerage great team. You know, we're all still great friends. I talk to them all the time, but I just decided to reinvent myself and do something different. I said, wouldn't it be cool to go back to that original vision I had, which was to do a billion dollars, but to do it with the smallest team possible. And what I mean by that was, uh, I'm not obviously going out there doing that kind of volume, but what I want to do is is work with a bunch of different people in the community uh, and and build up the, the business development and networking side of things to be able to control the lead generation side of the business and then source it out to whoever the best fit is. Some of it's within the brokerage that I do business at now. Some of that is in other places, but real, real big change, you know, refocusing, changing the goals and then having some fun along the way. What are you doing now on a day-to-day basis? What does it look like? Yeah, I mean, day-to-day, you know, you've had a lot of guys on the show talking about, you know, I think Dustin's talked about the power hour, you know, Dornell Den has talked about uh, eating the frog and these guys all talk about doing that for the first hour every day, which I love. I think that's a really good uh, activity uh, mortgage agents, brokers should be doing. I do power hour literally 24-7. Like, that's my life. I do business development, 9 a.m., 5 p.m., 11 o'clock at night. Like, that's the world I live in. I'm not trying to focus on uh, a lot of the other activities, right? I'm not trying to focus on one hour a day of doing business development. I'm really trying to focus on a lifestyle of business development and, and, and kind of working with that type of mentality. And that's really made the biggest impact in my career the last uh, last few months. Okay, so I have some questions on that. So basically, because yeah. most mortgage brokers, they go out, find some business, and they spend their time working on the business. So you're, when you say business development, so you go out, let's say, you're, give me an example of something you're doing for business development. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll give you, I can give you like a ton of examples, but you know, traditionally, what you just said is a mortgage agent or broker will go out to grab some business. They're, they're focused on the business development, which is how we all get our business to begin with. Then they focus on you know doing the activities to to fulfill the commitments, right? Underwrite, fulfill, collect documentation, and they get busy. Maybe they hire an assistant. Maybe they outsource some of that process. But you know, they plateau. That's the plateau that everyone sees, right? How they go from one step to the another. So. What I'm doing on a more active basis is working with uh, the agents that are on my team now are facilitating and helping what I'm doing, right? So I'm not really as hands-on on the files as I used to be. I've worked with some of your partners at Doc Assist to outsource certain activities. I've worked with other mortgage brokerages in my community and in the surrounding area to help fulfill obligations that, that I frankly can't fulfill. So I'm going out and working with some of the larger real estate companies uh, in the country, working on macro projects. So not just working on one or two uh, transactions with one or two agents, but working on on niche products and solutions for you know 50 agents at a time or 60 agents at a time. We're helping, uh, recently we helped a, a condo close in Toronto that was having a hard time funding its last 10% of mortgage with all these changes. And I went in and said, we'll create a solution. We'll come in and we'll fund the last 50, 60 deals. So it's a very macro approach to the mortgage broker industry. Right. Okay. So you, you go out and you build these relationships. So then when you, and you're setting up basically almost like referral partnerships, is that would be, cause I had Jim Talukas on yesterday and that's what he's done a very good job of is he, he creates contracts between himself and a relocation company or a huge financial planning firm. And then they send them business. Um, and is that similar to what you're doing? Yeah, you know, and I don't know Jim overly well. I'm going to catch that one. I didn't see it yesterday. You're going to want to check uh, it. Your, it sounds like yeah, you're doing it's, what he's it's doing. It's a very similar idea, right? What we're trying to do is, is go and establish those relationships with what I would call reoccurring referral networks, right? People that are not just going to send you one or two uh, opportunities a, a month or a week or a year. It's finding parties that will send you, you know, continual business from a year-over-year business, whether that's, you know, real estate offices, whether it's companies to, you know, corporate or infinity programs, whether that's builders. There's a lot of different ways of structuring those activities, but it's it's stepping out from the day-to-day business of, of, of brokering each individual transaction and kind of working from a, a very large macro perspective. Right. So when you go and make a, a, a relationship, let's say, for instance, with that builder and you say, hey, we'll yeah. help you. They're not expecting Scott Westlake to phone the client. They're not expecting Scott Westlake to take the app. Um, yeah. So you must be promoting, you're selling your team, right? You're saying, hey, we've got a team in place. We're going to take care of that. So to walk me through that. So if, because I know a lot of mortgage brokers, you're right. They're, they they just know, they basically go out and sell and then they install. So if you imagine if we were in the, you know, computer hardware business, you go out and you sell a $3,000 system, then you go to your van, you're installing it. Well, you can't, you're just going out and selling, but you're selling to people who want mass, like an entire floor of computer systems and you don't do the installs. You, you basically, is that, a, would that be a good way to describe it? Yeah. No. Well, and I'll give you a more relatable, uh, you know, experience, right? So I was working with a good friend of mine who's at Street Capital on the business development side, and I kind of stole this idea from him uh, last year. And what happened was, you know, I looked at, uh, you know, someone like a, a monoline lender that's not really going out there uh, with their business development team, and they're not actually doing the mortgages. They're out there networking with the mortgage brokers, right? And I'm seeing this tremendous growth. Obviously, there's some challenges with some of the new rules and regulations, but there's tremendous growth with monoline lenders. And I looked at that, and I said, they've got no bricks or mortar location. Uh, they've got limitations sometimes in terms of what they can do, but they've got a great team of business development officers, a lot of them that we all know through our day-to-day mm-hmm. interactions. And I said, look at the business that these guys are drumming up, and none of these guys are writing the mortgages. And I said, that's what I'm good at, right? And and I got kind of, you know, I'm 35. I've been doing this for the last nine years between bank and brokering, and you got to change things up and get excited every day and be happy with what you want to do. And I love the business development side, and I love focusing on that. So I kind of took that business development 
uh, model that some of these modern line lenders were doing. And I implemented that into my own space. So to go back to the question you asked about, you know, the transition between me working on deals and, and other individuals working on deals, that's the biggest and, and most key uh, moment is explaining that properly because you know if you if you pretend that you're going to go out there and execute it all on your own you're going to set yourself up for failure so it's really uh, you know in our world we're doing a lot of commercial a lot of non-traditional a lot of AAA residential and we've got different partners we we partnered up with uh, including you know myself and, and agents that work with with me and uh, and what we do is make sure that we explain to each partner that we're working with what it's going to look like from A to Z who's going to be following up, who's taking application. And if you can explain that properly, then it, it's a really simple handoff. And in fact, you, you build a lot more respect within that network because they, they put you on a bit of a pedestal that you're you know, helping uh, solve a problem they maybe have, but you don't actually have the time to do every single transaction. Right. At the end of the day, people just want the end result. They don't really care about, you know, even when they get referred to somebody for a mortgage, they want the mortgage and they want communication, but they don't really like it's, it's, we're not as important as we think we are. I think it's sometimes we, we think, oh, nobody can take an application like me. Nobody can pull credit like me. That's crap. Like that is yeah. total, uh, not, that is not true. Um, okay. So walk me through some of these. So you have, what is your stru- structure right now then? Do you have an assistant? Do you have like a bunch of sub agents on your company? Like, uh, and, yeah. Like I want to know yeah. what that looks like. This whole thing. Yeah. So 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 three agents. Uh, the agents, though, you know, they, they do business on their own. But really, you know, it was a very uh, honest conversation coming in about what I do and how how we're going to grow our business. And I pass them a lot of business, and, and they obviously get remuneration from that. So you know, they're willing to take on on those activities because I feel like you need a mortgage agent that can communicate and, and has some of the experiences like in in the. Uh, you know, the, in the trenches, I guess you'd say, like they can't just do underwriting film. You need someone that can go in and deal with the situation. So I only have three mortgage agents helping out right now. One of them in particular is doing a fabulous job with a lot of the deals, uh, the residential deals. Uh, I've worked with Doc Assist, uh, you know, Jason and your guys have come on a few times. I've had great experiences working with them and outsourcing uh, things from document sorting, uh, deal flow, uh, working with their underwriting team. I, I feel that having them in my back pocket gives me a, a huge uh, opportunity and leverage knowing that, when I'm out there talking about the types of, of business growth we're trying to achieve, if we need to fulfill that, we've got partnerships like that that can come in and help us from an underwriting fulfillment perspective. So that's been a great use of technology and resources on our side. And then I have uh, in-house uh, a full-time underwriter and fulfillment officer. Um, but more importantly, I outsource a lot of stuff, right? Like right now we're working on a ton of commercial business. None of that we've outsourced you know, 90% of those commercial transactions, same with private, same with a lot of non-traditional. And frankly, you know, when we're out there talking with our referral sources, we take a top-down approach. And if we're not the right shop to do that that mortgage, we'll refer it to a, a broker that's better suited. So realistically, the broker network is our friend. And, and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm competing with everyone. I feel like I'm going out there and finding opportunities and then uh, trying to pass those opportunities to others that are like mine and want to work together. Right. You like set up pipelines at, at different referral partnerships or like a pipeline that pump lead opportunities to depending on who's going to solve that opportunity, whether it's somebody in house, whether it's and have you ever used the funding department? Yeah, no, I know the funding department. I've, I've spoken to them. I haven't used them. You know, I, I've had a, a really good grasp in the non-traditional space. But again, that's a, a resource that I love having access to and someone we've talked about doing business with. Because again, as we build up these referral relationships, we can handle a certain much. But like any business, when there's expansion, and you haven't planned for it properly, you're gonna you're gonna have a you know a lot of negative results. And so we need to have these relationships with companies like the funding department, like Doc Assist, to be able to make sure that when we say we're gonna do something, you can, we can scale. execute on that. And you can scale. Exactly. Okay, so and, and, 
yeah, we've talked about scaling, right? And that's the biggest challenge for a lot of a lot of uh, mortgage agents with growth is okay. the scalability. Okay, so a couple other questions I want to ask. And, then, and I know one of the things you're really good at is networking. So you're in terms of like finding these new opportunities or partnerships. But um, do you are you okay to share sort of like how's it going? So since you switched over from because this is a non traditional model, you're like a BDM instead of being for a lender, you're a BDM for mortgages, and you just go out and build these funnels. How's it going so far this year? I mean, listen, uh, I think the biggest thing people got to realize, uh, once you get to a, I was on a panel, I'll, I'll just revert back. I was on a panel with DLC the other day. It was a broker to banker, banker panel. It was, it was a BDM, uh, business development type opportunity to, to recruit uh, bankers coming over the broker channel. I wasn't there to recruit anyone from the, from the banker channel. I was just putting in some goodwill and sharpening my communication skills and, and talking to the lenders and some of the other brokers there. One of the other brokers said, you know, when you get to a certain point in, in brokering or in any career, you're afforded so many luxuries of having the ability to control your destiny with your career, how you want to structure your time and how you want to run your business. And over the last nine years, I've done a lot of different things from running teams to working at the bank to being a broker to being an agent. I've done all these different things. And what makes me the most happy is when I'm working with you know these different referral sources, creating these grand opportunities and figuring out solutions. So in terms of happiness, it's the happiest I've ever been working in this industry. Proud to be a mortgage agent. You know, really, I've never really spoken much in this in the community, being at many events. I'm now you know kind of getting out of my shell. So I'm finding a newfound love. So, you know, that is going really well in terms of volume. It's great. It's tough to monitor because I am passing a lot of business all over the place. You know, we're working on a lot of big commercial right now that takes a long time to fund sometimes. So from a, a volume perspective, it's interesting. We're monitoring it. It's it's day by day, month by month and quarter by quarter. That's a question for you. How do you track? Because so if you're getting all this yeah. business, is there some way, because I feel like it would be, if they're in your office and they're part of your team, you could be like, well, I can tell you what you got paid on. But like, yeah. how do you keep track of um, this because that would be one of the things in my mind that I'd, I'd be concerned about. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. I don't even know if we have this solution necessary. <laughs> right? I mean, we're always trying to find solutions, right? We find we find problems, we create solutions, and then we fund it. And then, you know, I'm the kind of guy that, that uh, worries about a lot of that stuff later, which is kind of good and bad. I think that's why people like me, but it's bad because, you know, we got to keep control of what's happening. So I think what we're doing right now is we try to own a lot of those leads that are coming through. We do try to get them through our office and, and take a look at them and then and then uh, make sure we're tracking that, that data, right? A combination of it's right. Some stuff's in file logic, some stuff not. Some stuff's going through DLC plan B, going to other brokerages. So we're tracking it. I, I would use kind of like Dustin's analogy of his old Excel sheet. I haven't seen this one that he talks about and people rave about, you know, tracking his client activity. We do something very archaic and similar to that. It works for us. But uh, with all these new technologies coming out and, and these different uh, teams and partnerships that, that you advocate a lot of the time, I'm sure there's something better that I could be doing and I'll be looking for that in the new Right. Future. Okay. Well, if I think of something, I'll reach out to you that could work because you have a, it's a unique business that you have. Okay. So tell me about now, how do you network? So what if somebody's like, because this is something that you have a good aptitude for. So give me some ideas on things you have done and how somebody could be better at networking. Yeah, I mean, I think from a networking perspective, you gotta you gotta want to do it. I mean, there's a lot of people that dread, you know, uh, you know, putting on a suit and hopping in their car and driving two hours to uh, to a dinner or to like some sort of event. They've got families, got kids, so it's something you gotta want you gotta want to do. You gotta prioritize and you gotta find uh, the time for it, which are all things I'm passionate about. So I've got no problem going out and meeting with people and connecting. I think things that I do a really good job at is is I try to get involved in the community. There's a lot of uh, events that happen real estate wise in our community, whether it's open houses. Uh, you know, for large listings where I can bring out clients. Um, you know, we do a lot of plus ones. I try to throw an event every two months. We just uh, had our last one in December. We're doing another one at the end of February. It's, you know, we really advocate the plus one. Okay, uh, okay. Well, well, but but you've you're, you're, you're got yeah. some good... Well, okay, tell me about these events and what do you mean by the plus one? 
So, so, okay, so if we're hosting an event, we always ask for a plus one, right? So if we invite 30, 40, 50 people to the event, we ask them to bring a plus one, right? So if it's a realtor, we ask them to, to try to bring a friend, a family, it could be a spouse, it could be someone else, but it's just new bodies that we haven't met before, right? And we've got someone there that's, that's tracking who's coming in and out of the door, managing the RSVPs, and it's just another way to expand our network, really, right? And tell okay. them what we want to when they do so that's when we're hosting events when we're going to events uh, or we're doing networking i mean a lot of my stuff is now at the point where it's one-on-one you know it's not as much networking from the traditional sense we've got 50 60 different people at you know some real estate event in downtown toronto i don't actually participate in much of that it's more where i'll be going out with you know a builder or someone that i consider like an influencer so whether it's you know uh a lot of these guys i consider mentors like top guys at sotheby's at remax uh, some builders uh, that I work with, uh, clients of mine that I funded mortgages for that are just really well known in the community. I've gone out and asked them about helping with my career. It's almost like creating a board of directors, if you may. I'm going out there and finding 10 or 12 influential people that I think can help grow my business, that, that understand how passionate I am about what I'm doing. And then they're using their influence to introduce me to others. And it's a lot of one-on-one you know, dinners, coffees, uh, drinks, phone calls, and growing organically that way. So like Keith Ferrazzi, the whole never eat alone thing, you sound like the Keith Ferrazzi of the mortgage industry. You're like going out and you you build. And so when you, let's say if it's a new person or a new influencer that you're like, hey, I want to get to know this person. What is your process to either connect or what's that look like? So you, you've identified someone that you think can help, you know, that you could maybe help them and they could help you. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I'm always trying to find out what, what, so usually it's someone that has some sort of like synergy. There's some reason why we're connected because there's an opportunity to do some sort of business together. Ideally, it becomes more than that. We become friends and we hang out a little bit, but that's not always the case. But typically what I'm trying to do is find out what their problem is, right? So if they have some sort of sticking point, you know, we were working with Sotheby's on, on non-resident lending. That was a sticking point for a lot of their top agents. You know, we were working with an office uh, in Oakville at Remax that got into the commercial space and they were having a hard time finding reliable contacts. And so usually it's me just, asking and listening and I hear about what they're doing and what kind of problems we're having. And then I go out there through my network and try to create solutions. Right. So I think the key though of it is, is uh, monitoring it. Right. So just like people monitor their clients, I'm a little bit more obsessed with monitoring. Uh, if you picture a mortgage that an agent is doing, I'm not as concerned about the client. I'm, a, I'm really obsessed with who referred me to that client. Where does that client work? If there's a purchase, is a, a listing agent and a buying agent, who are they? Do we know them? If we don't, let's connect with them. Who's the lawyer? And and just wrapping my hands around that whole entire environment. So I'm looking all around at what other opportunities exist. So with every client that we've ever funded, I'm I'm obsessed with going back and being like, do we know these people? If we don't, let's let's communicate with them. And so that's the part of the business that I'm obsessed with. And uh, I'm not as concerned with the client, which sounds bad because I am. I, I really care about the wow moments with those clients. But you know, I'm not. But your client is really the person referring you. The way you the, like. Which, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to define who your client is. My client is the referral source. So if I've got someone that's sending us uh, X amount of business a month or a year, I that's my client. That's who I owe the responsibility to. And then I've outsourced for the better part most of the actual you know mortgages or transactions. I hate calling them transactions, but you know the deals that are coming through. I've outsourced that. And but I'm obsessed with making sure that those people are representing our values. And, and you know we always talk about those wow moments. There's a lot of different people that say that word. But we're obsessed with that, right? If the referral source, which is my responsibility, isn't wild and the client isn't wild, then there's someone that's done something wrong in the process. And that's that's my job to, to keep all that under control. Right. That's awesome. So can you give me some examples of people that you've been able to connect with or like, because stories are always yeah. great. And so give me some examples because I like to always wrap my head. That's what help me understand better. <sighs> I mean, we've done some really cool stuff, right? I mean, I think we've done, I was looking the other day, we've done a mortgage with someone in 
every single professional sport in a way, M- MLB, NHL, NFL, MLS. We've done stuff with a few like country music stars. We've done some stuff with some entertainers, uh, local in Canada. So we kind of got into uh, a really unique spot in helping some of these kind of, you know, celebrities do some business, which was really fun. And that came from nothing. That didn't come from uh, being better than anyone else at uh, mortgages. It was just relationship building. And, so and, give me an example of what was the first one, because they probably are linked somehow, I would suspect. So yeah. did you, you had one yeah. and then you're like, hey, who do you, you made relationship? And then does that, yeah, yeah walk me through so that. I, I, I played sports growing up, and I knew, I knew, uh, I knew a few guys uh, that played some professional hockey. I helped them finance a home. Uh, what ended up happening again, using the networking and business development mindset that I use, I, I again was a little bit more concerned. I looked past them in a little bit of a way. Their buddies of mine, I said, "Hey, who who works with you guys, or who do you rep- who represents you?" And they'd introduce me to their agent, or they'd introduce me to you know someone else on their team, and then I would go and say, "Hey, like we're great at doing this. We, the proof's in the pudding. We just did a deal for for uh, X, Y, and Z, and uh, how do we do more?" And then we'd start doing more or we put together like a package and say here's how we treat you know athletes or here's how we treat someone in the entertainment space or here's how we treat an executive or a non-resident or an investor and the list goes on right and so again it's just you know tracking and figuring out you know what their circle of influence is and asking to be a part of it right so you just you take that one relationship and you you multiply it into whoever they happen to know and, yeah, and you, ha- lot, you have a, a good energy. So you like talking to you, like you're, you're positive. You got good vibes. So I could see people be like, I want to hang out with this guy. He seems kind of cool. Right. Like where you're yeah. not coming across <laughs> like, Hey, send me a deal. Like you don't have this, like, you know, uh, that type of, you know, that type of vibe. You're trying to solve a figure. If there's a problem you can solve for them. You know, it's funny, Scott. Like, so, um, I, I picture mortgages as, as a byproduct of the people I'm hanging out with and what I'm doing. I don't, I'm not looking for them. I'm not asking for them. Uh, I should say I'm not asking for them, but like I'm subliminally asking for them, but like we're, we're just hanging out with the right people and we're, we're doing the right activities, right? Those activities are what's driving the results, uh, which is the saying that I love best activities drive results. And we're just focused on doing those activities and getting out in front of the right people. And the mortgages are just a byproduct of the environment that we put ourselves in. If you don't put yourself in the right environment, it doesn't matter what type of industry you're in what you're selling, what you're trying to provide as a, as a service. You know, if you're not in the right network, if you're not talking to the right people, like why would someone call you? How? I think people forget about that. Like people are so self-serving. It's unfortunate that if you're not hanging out with the right people, why would someone call you when they wake up in the morning? You know what right, I mean? Right, like, it's, yeah. like what, are you, what are you doing better? Are you beating on rate? You know, rate's a tough model. You know, I'm sure we all know guys that are, are doing some pretty interesting with rates. Can you beat them on service? Can you beat them with infrastructure? Are you their friend? Like why is someone doing business? Or, or relationship. You, you seem to be the relationship yeah. and problem solver guy. So give me now a question. Do you sometimes some of these uh, referral partnerships, because like uh, Jim, when yesterday was open, he shared this, but he said that, you know, that there's a financial contract in place. So do you do those or are these like uh, what type yeah. of type of how do you structure that? Yeah, it's funny. You know what? Uh, it, it, we haven't had to do too much like financially. It's obviously a conversation. I think that we, we've been fortunate thus far, but I, I can see some stuff changing and I'll need to provide some consultation on how to handle some of these conversations. But for the most part, lately, we've been working with really good uh, relationships that they kind of appreciate what we do. Fortunately, a lot of these referral sources are, uh, I don't want to say like affluence, maybe the wrong word, but they're like, they're doing okay. Like, you know, they've got it. They don't business. need a few hundred bucks or something. So they're, no, like, yeah. Like, you know, like I, I work with, like, you know, and I live in Oakville, which is kind of a, a unique marketplace in the Canadian landscape. And, and, you know, we do these open houses for $16 million homes. I have a client right now that's got, you know, I think it's the most expensive home in Canada. Like these people aren't looking for any other remuneration. They're looking for someone to get the job done and take care of their needs. It, I think if you go a little bit more streamlined and you take it down a notch and you do some business, 
where you're maybe working with uh, like a company or like a, maybe, I don't know, maybe like a broker of record at a real estate office. I could see the, the commission or the, the compensation question coming up. I'm not really doing too much in those spaces. So, so I'd say, no, I haven't had to deal with it, but I totally get where Jim's coming from and he's had a ton of success and uh, I might have to reach out to him to see how he does some of that stuff. Um, so another question, give me some ideas on events. So how do you put on a good event? Like, and do you do them very often and what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I hired someone last year. She was uh, retired. She was in the event space her whole life. Uh, I asked her to come in and do some gifting for me. And I kind of, she told me about her event planning. I said, would you want to come in and plan an event for me? She's like, how often? I said, two months. We'll start with that. And so she comes up with all these ideas for me, right? Whether it's something like it's bowling, it's watching uh, you know, a hockey game, it's uh, a, a holiday party. Uh, it could be um, I, any of those types of ideas. We do a lot of stuff with with real estate uh, homes that are for sale. Where we're, we'll connect with a listing agent and they'll do like a, a big party, you know, whether it's for other brokers, so the realtors in the neighborhood, or it's for clients, and we'll be a part of that. And we'll go in and, and don't donate money to a local charity, you know, support the cost of the wine or the food, and and and, and she helps just plan that, organize it, make sure we have the right RSVPs, and then she also does uh, gifting. So every time we fund. Uh, a mortgage. She's in charge of uh, making sure that that client's handled, uh, taking care of appropriately everything from making you know gift bags to you know I still do the bottle of wine, not as much unfortunately, but um, you know we, she does a whole bunch of cool stuff. It depends on the client. She just says give me a budget and tell me who, well, tell me a little bit about them. And we pride ourselves on getting to know our clients, so we know if they had a baby, we know if the, the husband likes to golf or you know. The, the wife, you know, works too much or whatever the scenario is, we pride ourselves in knowing a little bit about that. And so then we just tell her, say, hey, here's the budget. And personalize it. Yeah, and of course. And, that, and people, I get a text message almost every day or every other day from someone that we've sent a gift to. And they're like, thank you so much. And just it's perfect. And I don't even know what it is most of the time, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> okay. So now I'm going to, I'm going to ask more questions about the event thing. So give me, I want to be more specific. So okay. when you do these like open houses on the high end open houses, like how, how do you, what does that look like? How many people come? Who are the guests? Yeah. Uh, how do yeah. you get, yeah, like, how do you get them to show up? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So, okay. So what we've done, if you want to dive down specifically, so, I mean, we were with one of the largest realtors in, in the country for Remax. Uh, his office, uh, you know, they do like four or 500 million a year in real estate. They do luxury homes, right? So they always do an event for their luxury homes. It's a showcase and it's something that I participate in on a quarterly basis. So minimum once a quarter, they're going to showcase a luxury home and they're going to bring out uh, other brokers, clients, and friends and family, things like that. And a lot of plus ones. I'm always involved in that event. I ask for a certain amount of, of, of tickets, uh, as you may, right? Let's call it 25, 30 tickets. I'll then send that out to other realtors that I work with uh, that see that I'm I'm working with someone that at, at that level. I'll send it out to other clients. I might send it out to some friends, someone I haven't connected with in a while. And it's a good time, right? There's wine, there's drinks, there's coffee, there's cars. It's kind of like what you see if you watch a million dollar listing in LA or New York. Like it really is that level. It's kind of cool. That's like on the high end side. And we do that every single quarter with one specific realtor at Remax. Uh, we do some stuff with Sotheby's. Uh, we've talked to them and those are again agents under the Sotheby's brand uh, and again we're talking about doing a few things like some car dealerships we'll, we'll go in together we're both going to invite equal amounts of clients uh, we talk with you know, in this case we talk with Porsche out in Oakville uh, and just talk about putting on an event and bringing out bodies that you know might be interested in and in looking at their vehicles and then you know it's a benefit for me to meet potential clients of these realtors and then they get potential buyers so it's 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 a uh it's a team approach, really. And so whenever we work with a reoccurring referral source, we just ask them, we say, hey, are there any events or opportunities that you have going on throughout the year? And we basically build out a calendar and say, what activities are you guys involved in? How can we participate? What do you need? And they're open to that, right? And, mm -hmm. and it's not even the financial side. They just, a lot of them want bodies in the room and, and someone that can help, you know, share in, in, in that, that event.
Right. Okay. Do you know a guy named Petrus Engelbrecht out of? Yeah. Yeah. Is that of Oakville? Is that, you know what? I don't know him personally. I heard him on your show. He I, I, he was the one that did the um, Scott Stratton the, stuff. He's Scott. Yeah. Str- he did Scott Stratton's house, and so you should reach out to him, dude. Like, uh, you guys, no, he's he, you guys are in the same market, and he you got you're wired the same. You're he, he's in the high end, and I think you guys would uh, hit it off. So here I'm helping I've you had, network on the show. I'm I've, like, had, I've had five people uh, message me about him actually. Like in the last, you know, like I think you guys did when you guys did the podcast with him. Uh, I think I had like five or six people message me afterwards, and like we know like. You know, it's a small world. We all know each other through different networks and stuff like that, right? So, uh, so yeah. I'm going to send an email to two of you, and I'm going to say you guys need to talk, and then you guys can figure Uh it out. Because I I just think that you there's some things that you could probably help each other with. So, okay, that's cool. So you do the events, and then you've got your assistant who does the gifting program. And is your gifting program, you kind of alluded to this, but is it unique for everybody, or what's that look like? Yeah, it's unique for everybody. I've looked into some of these these websites. They kind of streamline the process, but... I just find that I find that challenging. Like if it's something local, so if we're doing something kind of within the GTA, we'll like have someone drop it off at their house, right? Like it's a personal approach. Uh, I've seen like pictures and stuff with I don't call her my assistant. I call I, I call everyone like a partner, but kind of like she goes out and I'll see pictures with her and my clients, and I've dropped off stuff myself personally. Uh, when we get into you know stuff that's you know across Canada or somewhere different, then we we lean on some of these websites and, and other places where we can you know book something for them. But we always just try to send them you know a minimum a card, a thank you something if we can personalize it you know if it's if it's across the country we're probably going to send a gift card right i don't love gift cards but you know we'd say hey you said you like this we sent you this gift card Here, you know and we also send stuff to all the realtors on our on the deals right so if there's a listing agent and a, and a purchase agent on any transaction we connect with both of them and the lawyer we'll sometimes send them all like a gift card like a small gift card like you know starbucks or something and just say hey you know we're in the deal we we're on that deal we should connect because I feel like what people don't do a great enough job is it's so hard to get business, right? It's mm-hmm. a competitive marketplace as we know. And you forget about how many people that client knows and they, they need to be your army, right? They need to be the person that can give you the testimonial if you're into that or the Google five stars. I mean, I'm not into most of that stuff, but if you're into that, that's the army that you need to create and surround yourself with. They're going to know people, they're going to know realtors. And so for you to have funded a mortgage, which is so hard, especially for someone new, you got to make sure you reach out to the lawyers and the realtors and say, hey, we funded that because it just puts you up mm-hmm. another level from all your competition that says you did that deal. Like you should have a certain level of respect by everyone because it's it's not an easy process. Like we talk about all these crazy fun things in the mortgage space, but people forget like how hard it is to write a mortgage these days. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. Okay. So if you're watching this live on Facebook and you have any questions for Scott, please type them in the chat box and we will take any questions. Yeah, we got one um, from Jim Trulucas. Jim, Jim, <laughs> how do you have time to be on here, Jim? Like seriously, I, you're, you're doing 800 mortgages a year. I'm just messing with you. What's up? Uh, so how do you make sure the person who is doing the work for you is actually providing the highest level of service? Uh, Jim would ask that question. Hey, here he is. He's so busy and he's writing these questions. I love it. That's just the tr- that's a trust thing, right? I don't like I said before. We're not trying to create a, a company that has hundreds and hundreds of people. That's not what I'm doing, and I'm not against that. That's just not my model. Right now, we're growing very organically. We went back to the drawing board, and we're bringing in one person at a time, right? And we're outsourcing some of those activities. I pride myself in communicating what my objectives are and how important. The, the wow moments, the client communication is, right? And I mean, we're going to make mistakes. That's just natural. I'm not perfect. I, you know, we, we all have, you know, complaint from, from time to time, but it's about eliminating those and learning from those mistakes and surrounding yourself with the right team. So I feel very, very fortunate with the people that I sit with on a daily basis. I hang out with, 
and I feel like they're doing a great job. And, and I put a lot of pressure on them to uh, excel at the customer service side. I'm not as concerned about mistakes. Like, you know, we're going to make mistakes with underwriting, with fulfillment, with documentation. I can live with all that. What I can live with is not communicating that properly. So if something does happen, it's about being able to communicate those things appropriately with the client. And I find that things will end up okay if you take that uh, that type of uh, thought process. Right. And that's your focus. Okay. You said you talked about wow moments and things. So give me some examples of how do you ensure, do you, are they baked into a, a process or is it ad hoc? Yeah. Like what's that look like? Yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff, as you can probably tell how I speak, like I live an ad hoc life. I, would, so that's, I was guessing you're going to say, yeah, it's pretty much like, you know, like. Yeah. Like I just guns blaze. Like, yeah. I mean, you want to see a checklist. You're not going to see any checklist. <laughs> I didn't think so. But, uh, I, I'm, I'm I, like, oh, you're killing me here, buddy. You're killing me. <laughs> I've, made, I've made checklists. I don't think anyone listens. They fill them out and they're wrong. So, you know what? We have like underlying principles and things we do. Obviously, communication is important. I hate it when people only communicate on the phone. They're not, you know, picking up, I mean, on emails, they're not picking up the phone and communicating properly with clients. They don't want to meet them. They're not communicating with the BDMs, the underwriters. I, that drives me crazy, right? So I think that, you know, fundamentally what I'm sitting down with someone that's working with us and we're talking about, you know, the experience that our clients are looking to achieve. We don't, we're not overcomplicating and saying, hey, you have to do X, Y, and Z because we live in this world where things are changing. People have different jobs. People have different, you know, communication abilities. So really what we're just trying to do is communicate properly is really what we're trying to do. And I think that if you take, if you strip down all the ideas that people have, all the people that are on your show, and you really strip it down and say, what is everyone that's successful doing right? They've got some method of communication where they're communicating with the referral source or the client, they're keeping them updated, whether that's daily, weekly, you know, when certain events happen, all that stuff is baked into CRM these days. You pull it all apart and it's just, can you communicate properly and keep people in the loop with what's happening and treat them well? And if you do those little things, you don't need a checklist. Just do it and, and keep people happy. Yeah, and I agree. I think communication is one of the least expensive ways to create a wow experience. If you and especially if you if you do it consistently, and so I a hundred percent on board with that. So, so is there any other questions, Justin? Go look. Uh, nothing look. right now. Just, okay. Uh, so Jim just Jim replied saying uh, multitasking. That's how he gets it done. <laughs> he gets it. Okay. So uh, what I want to ask was there anything that Scott that you think that like anything that I should have asked you or because I I love that you have a different business model. I love that you yeah. have a ton of energy. You're excited. And uh, I, it's inter- I'm interested to see how this all plays out over the next, you know, a couple year or two as you continue to grow this and expand your, you know, the virtual assistant team or however that looks. Yeah. So anything else you want to share? Or you think that people will be like? I think, uh, I mean, I, I think the one, so one cool thing that I do, I've got a personal um, ideas folder in my Outlook or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what I'm using right now. But uh, uh, it's something where I get these creative ideas, right? Where I'm laying in bed a lot of the time and say, at night, I'm out somewhere, I'm traveling. And I come up with an idea and then people have journals or, you know, they've got different note, notebooks. I flip myself an email and I track it. And there's sometimes like pretty wild ideas about how I'm going to track business, how I want to, you know, just be a better person, how I'm going to run my, my mortgage business. You know, there's all these different ideas I have and I, and I just track those and keep them. And then, you know, you're going to find moments where I always say those activities drive results and you find that those activities aren't driving the right results. And that's a good time to reflect on, on yourself and those different ideas that you may have come up with as, as funky as they may have been. And so maybe I should just try implementing something, right? Cause the only way you're going to know is to, is to trying and, and exploring. And, you know, we always talk about, I think Jim's a guy, another guy that always says, Hey, you know, your best referral source is your, is your existing client base. And I agree with that, but there's a lot of people that probably watch your podcast and say, well, what if we don't have an existing database? Like how do we get, that next client. And so I always tell them like it's activities and, and everyone's going to have a different activity. You've got to try 
uh, and flip around with different ideas and see what works and what doesn't. And then that those activities are going to build a pipeline and those pipelines are going to yield results. And then if you're not getting the results, you got to look at your pipeline. If the pipeline's not full, you got to look at the activities. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge advocate of that, that chain of events that has to happen. So that'd be kind of something that I would tell people. And the other thing, uh, like you're a big fan of quotes, right? And I always, I always think about, you know, perfection. I like being perfect. And I realize like, I'm so not perfect. And, uh, you know, just like, like you can't strive for perfect. Like you strive for perfection, but you got to be okay that not everything's going to be perfect. You got to implement ideas sometimes when there's 60% of the way done and just see what happens. You know right. what I mean? That's so, the story of my life, man. Everything is like, <laughs> it's like, I'm, I sometimes feel like I'm building a bridge and I'm literally putting one plank down and then I put my foot and then I put down the next plank and it's like, oh, okay, this is, hopefully this still holds together. Uh, but you, yeah. you're an idea. I love the idea though, or the, the, the strategy of keeping all of your ideas in a place. And I've done that. Uh, because I, we, we both have creative tendencies and sometimes I would have, there was a period actually, my wife had me sign a contract saying you're not allowed to start any new businesses because you have to just stick to being a mortgage broker. Now, of course I found a way around it. I was like, oh, there's a loophole yeah. in my contract wife. Like what if it's a business for mortgage brokers? Right. So, um, but yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's a good habit and then you're right. Just get out there and try it and you never know. Uh, and then the people, you also meet people, you learn from, you know, motion. And I don't think you're learning by just sitting and thinking. And so if you're sitting there at home and you're listening to this or wherever you're in your car, like, and you got something that you've been sitting, just do it. Like, you know, to be like Scott, like you, you completely, you have a completely different business model than, and I've talked to a lot of people and yours is uh, very, is unique. And so just go out and try it and see what happens. Right. I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> it's fun. You know what I'm, uh, and it's fun. But, and the other thing I was going to say just lastly, uh, Scott, is uh, I think some, some people out there, they got, I, you know, I don't do a lot of these things, but but when you do have me, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit what's on my mind. And I think that people need to get some mentors, right? I think a lot of people are reading books yes. these days, which is great. A lot of good podcasts. The, the mentorships helped me. It's probably the number one thing uh, on my list of activities that I did that, that helped me create success in, in my personal and business life. And because they don't have to be like real estate focused. Some of mine are, you know, I went out and met with a few people top in their class in real estate asked to be my mentor. We ended up becoming friends. There's like my Trojan horse to get them to send me business. And then I was like, they're my mentor. And then they have to work with me. And then right. we ended up growing and, and then they introduced me to so many other people that helped my professional career. But even on a personal level, you know, I've got a couple of clients that are mentors of mine that I, I did mortgages with. And I was just amazed at what they were able to amass uh, in, in certain periods of time, just happiness, business. And I just asked them like, Hey, you, know, you mind chatting every now and then, and uh, and I've grown some really really cool people in my network and life that uh, help business and and help personally, and it's just been a really really fun experience uh, working with some of those people. I heard someone say if you ask for advice, you get the business, and so like you're you're especially with these people that are influencers, and so that's a great strategy. And I'm I'm a big fan. I also believe in mentors. I also have co- I'm being coached by like if you see all the people that I was coaching and what I spend on it, but I know that. I hate trial and error and it's so expensive. And I'm like, if somebody else has figured it out, like I'm, as I'm getting older now, when I was younger, I'm like, I'll do it myself. Now I'm like, yeah. screw that. If somebody's figured it out, I will pay, gladly pay them to shorten the learning curve because I'm running out of time. I'm 42. Are you 35? <laughs> I'm, I don't got That's time to it. figure it out anymore, man. Just get somebody to help me do this quicker. And so I agree. There's so valuable yeah. to, um, for it to have those kind of relationships. So dude, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and I'm going to keep in touch with you. I'm going to just circle back and I'm going to send an email to Petras. You can do what you want with it, but I'm going to say, Hey, you guys have both been on my show and you need, you're in the same market and you guys should chat. And then you can see if that, you know, I don't know. I just think you guys should connect. And uh, lastly, Scott, I'm going to throw out there a little show to my brother. I, I sent you guys that video before I hopped on here. Who's uh, representing uh, team Canada in the uh, Paralympics in uh, South Korea. Really cool story. If you want some motivation about 
uh, the men and women that play in the Paralympics, uh, but the hockey team that my brother represents. Google his name, look at the team. There's a really cool background story. There's some cool videos, but there's a bunch of amazing uh, men and women uh, and children that are representing our country in uh, not just the Olympics, but also the Paralympics coming up two weeks after. And I just thought I'd give them a shout out because uh, they're an inspiration for me and probably an inspiration for a lot of people.